Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi there. We are, at least Richard is on the road, uh, and I'll be on the road shortly. Yeah, we're on separate roads today, honey, so we got to deal with a little bit of a delay, and we got to deal with cell phones, but I think listeners to Ayers on the Road know that part of the charm is we do this baby wherever we happen to be. And today I'm up at Bear Lake trying to get ready for a family reunion. And you, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you're down in Park City getting ready for a party of all your girlfriends. Well, I am. You know, we have, we've called this the mother's group. There's five of us who have met since we were tiny little young mothers. And uh, we've just kept in touch. People have come and gone and come back and so on. And um, now we're back, and it is so fun. We still call it the mother's group because we're still mothers, even though we're also grandmothers. But um, we've read books together. We've gone through hard times with kids together, and we've had hard times with each other together. I mean, not not a relationship, <laughs> but, you know. Um, but it re- we've just been dear friends. So we're celebrating one of our friends' retirement on last Friday, who's been teaching school all this time, and uh, also all of our birthdays. We're doing it all at once. So this is a big party. Well, you know, I think it's I think it's it's kind of telling that you call it you don't call it a mother's group, you call it the mother's group. <laughs> Absolutely, although I'm sure there are a lot of other mother's groups out there, but they may not call doubt, themselves the mother's group. Yeah, I doubt <laughs> there's any that have met as long as you have, or there might not be any other mother's groups that have um as many grandchildren on average. <laughs> uh, many, yeah, we have grand- quite a few on average. So the five of you represent over 100 grandchildren, I'm sure. <laughs> Not quite. No, but we do have a lot of kids and now a lot of grandkids, and there's always something to talk about and something to help each other with. We'd love each other. Well, let me tell. Let me just, uh, you know, not to not to brag or anything, honey, or not to make you wish you were here, but because I know you're going to love this meeting. But let me describe where I am. I'm sitting on the shore of beautiful Bear Lake. Some of you listeners know Bear Lake. There went there went a truck going by, by the way. But um, the beauty of Bear Lake is that it is. A unique color. We call it, we call it the Caribbean of the Rockies. Those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Bear Lake is a natural lake, 20 miles long, five miles wide. Sits right on the border between Utah and Idaho. Pretty much undiscovered by the world. I mean, people who live in Salt Lake, some don't even know about it, but those who do love it. And um, it's you know, I I think it's Lake Tahoe only without a million people. Lake Tahoe, uh, even more natural and beautiful. And the reason we call it the Caribbean of the Rockies is the water is this unique, I don't know, I'm bad on colors, honey. Would you call it aqua? Would you call it azure? What would you call it? Oh, color? my goodness, well, it's a different the color. Is it every, yeah. every day it's a different color. Sometimes aqua, brilliant aqua, sometimes blue, sometimes gray. Depends on the clouds and the weather, but it is absolutely breathtakingly blue most of the time aqua blue well and and we have we're lucky enough to have 
And, and you know, let me just mention this for a minute. By the way, our topic for today is about family communication, and we have a secret code we want to tell you about that helps on this. But before we get to that, I just want to say, because I can't help thinking about our upcoming reunion here, and we have been, maybe there's a point to be made here about how little or how big a family reunion can be, because believe me, we started little. We started little not only because we only had one or two kids, but because the only place we had to meet was a really primitive little A-frame cabin that we built on our little teeny piece of land at Bear Lake for I can't even believe that we, you know, it was less than $10,000. I mean, it was, it was bare bones if there ever was bare bones. And then it's been our challenge ever since then to kind of grow the place as the family grew. And now we have to handle how many this year, honey? 40, 45, 46? Well, 45, but we're minus seven because we have a family oh, in that's Spain. Right. So, so it's a little easier seven. this year, but... But the point I want to make is you anyone who wants to can have a family reunion. You don't even have to have a ten thousand dollar A frame. You can have it in a in a one hundred dollar uh tent up in the mountains somewhere. But the, it is so great and here here comes my prejudice a little. I think it's so great to go back to the same place for reunions. Others like to move around and try different locations. But if you were to ask our kids, they would say there's so many traditions at that lake. There's so many memories at that place. And so for what it's worth, I put my vote in for find a place and go there every reunion and let the memories build. Uh, We do have a camping expert family who are camping in Tuscany right now. Um, they live on a dime anyway, but honestly, they are having the time of their lives in a gorgeous camping spot. I do have to say it's $40 a night, but um, they have a swimming pool. They have gorgeous restrooms, showers, everything you could want. I mean, not that we can, you can find that uh, exact thing here, but it really is um, not a matter of money. It's a matter of getting your family together. And I do have to say that we're going to be talking a lot about the reunion in July because that's when it is. And so it takes a lot to get ready. It takes a lot of work to um, get all the weeds out and get everything out and take care of everything and replace things that are broken and work on sewer systems that back up and all that. But it really is so amazing what has happened because of this reunion. I think um, that's maybe one of the only ways we could get the kids, the grandkids, who are a lot of them are teenagers now, to come back because just there's a lot of fun stuff to do and there's a lot of fun stuff to do in the mountains. There's fun stuff to do wherever, but we do you do have to gear it toward that. I do have to say before we launch into this communication thing, though, that um, actually we've turned it over to the kids. So that they organize the reunion. We do not organize the reunion. Oh, thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness. Originally, Richard thought that we should assign everybody a talk on a subject for the reunion, and that did not go over very well. The kids went, I learned never mind, mistakes. Mom and Dad, we'll do this. We'll do this. <laughs> well, and, and one final thing, too. I, I, I just When you were talking, honey, I just, for the first time, I thought about the word reunion. What an interesting word. We hope all of our families have a union, meaning solidarity, togetherness, loyalty to each other. And reunion is sort of 
you know, renewing that union uh, whenever you can get together and sort of reestablishing traditions, reestablishing family goals and priorities and so on. Reunion, it's a wonderful word. I've never thought of it before. Well, and before we leave the subject, we know there are some people who may have already left the show because they do not have a happy family, and there's a lot of angst going on between um, brothers and sisters and so on, which is sad. But in a way, maybe, you know, starting small, just with one get-together for one night with just fun activities um, might be a start to pull that family back together again. There just are a lot of problems with families as they get older, but... But whatever you can do is whatever you can do, and we really advocate getting together. Well, and if if you're a young family, having regular reunions, however you frame those, is a pretty good, probably the best way to minimize. There will always be disagreements in families as people get older and go their separate ways and so on. But maybe the best way to minimize those is to sort of be be deliberate and determined about having a family reunion periodically. And, you know, it's it's never a zero-sum game. It's never perfect. You never finish a reunion and say, oh, I think that went perfectly, honey. Everyone was compatible. Everyone agreed on everything. We had such a wonderful union. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'd like that to happen sometime, but I don't think it ever does. There's always going to be ups and downs. But then again, that's what it's all about, is renewing that union, even if it's an imperfect union. And so... Exactly. Um, and it, plus, it is such a good time to communicate. That's the subject of our ta- of our, our, ta- our show today. Um, we really need to keep the communication open, and it starts when the kids are little and carries right on through. What a good segue you just made, honey. So let me briefly introduce something. We... Uh, a little more than 10 years ago, we um, uh, just, this is fun to think back on this. We Our publisher was McGraw-Hill, and, and our editor, a woman we really liked, said, you know, there's too many parenting books out there that are just sort of prescriptive. They're like, do A, B, and C, and you will get results, D, E, and F. And people are just tired of that. They, they just Those books just put people on guilt trips. She said to us, You'll probably remember this, honey. It was really an interesting meeting in the McGraw-Hill offices in New York City. She said, we need, what the world needs, what parents need, is a more artistic book, something more symbolic, something more fun, not just a whole bunch of formulas and, and techniques and methods. And, you know, we got thinking about that, and we got thinking about family communication, and we started realizing that uh, too often parent-child communication is all about discipline and obeying and, you know, do this and do that. And, and, and it's, it ends up being a lot of lectures and a lot of sort of rolling of the eyes by the kids and so on. And, you know, our theory has always been that bad behavior on the part of kids is usually just a bad habit. And we started thinking, wouldn't there be some way to have just a few little secret code words that are just in the family? So if a kid's interrupting or misbehaving or yelling or two kids are fighting or whatever, especially if you're in public, if you're in a restaurant or you're uh, in a shopping mall or you're on a plane or something, 
that you can't discipline the kid right then. And you probably wouldn't want to anyway, if you had a simple way to sort of end the problem and replace it. And so we start thinking, why don't we just have certain key words that are established in family meetings and that kids know what they mean. And the minute they hear them, they, they know what you're saying and it avoids the big lecture all over again. And maybe you've even rehearsed how everyone is committed to when they hear that word, they'll, they'll straighten up. Now, then the question was, and I'll throw this back to you, Linda, we, we, we said, how can we, what can we use as code words that kids are really, really interested in? And we decided that it is animals. Kids love animals. And that's, that actually sounds kind of weird. <laughs> animals, they do love animals, but how in the world does that connect? And um, since we only have about a few seconds before we go to break, we're going to leave you hanging until after this break, and we're going to talk about how a whale can help with your communication with your little kids, well, little and maybe older kids in your family. Or a so crab we'll be right or back. a bear. We'll be right back with the secret code after these messages. Ayers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. And we're back. We are back. We're back together on the phone, honey. I miss you. I hope to see you later today. Yeah, I'm going to zip up there as soon as I finish my big party. (laughs) Well, that's great. Um, We kind of left the listeners hanging. How would a whale help with communication? How would a crab help with contention? How would a bear help with responsibility? Well, that was the challenge we faced in trying to write a book called The Book of Nurturing. And we decided a secret code sounded pretty good for kids. Um, we have quite a history now of secrets. Um, in our family, grandfather's secrets, and and uh, not in a bad way, but in a fun way, because it piques their interest, and they say, wait, what's the word? What's the code? So um, you go ahead with the whale. All right, so let's say that just by chance, by some rare coincidence, you have children who occasionally interrupt each other and don't let the other kid finish their sentence and act or kind of interrupt rude. you while you're or on interrupt the telephone. You. Yeah, while you're on the phone or whatever. And so what usually happens, son, I've told you a million times, don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt your sister. Listen to other people. Let them talk before you talk and on and on. And the kids tuned out and tempers are on edge and emotions are high and nothing changes. And so this is a perfect example of this code. And by the way, there are nine animals involved. The first one then is a whale. And um, this always came about kind of naturally. We were, we were listening to a marine biologist once because we had a son who was about eight years old who loved whales. He just wanted to go to SeaWorld, he wanted to learn all he could about them. But I got interested, and you did, honey, when we heard this marine biologist say the coolest thing of all about humpback whales is their communication. They live in what they what we call pods, that's their family, and they're in constant communication with each other. They can hear each other through a hundred miles of ocean water. Their 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 communication never involves uh 
criticism. It seems from the standpoint of the marine biologists, always involved encouragement. They they sing. Their their communication is a song. I've I've heard the humpback whales sing when I've been scuba diving, and it is an awesome almost eerie song that they sing. But here was the bottom line. This marine biologist said, the really interesting thing is they don't interrupt each other. When one whale is having his say or singing his song, the other whales in the pod or the family wait till he's finished, and then they respond or they 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 sing their song. And we thought, ah, there's our first secret code word. So if two kids are arguing or interrupting or having a kind of a a rude interchange, get eye contact with them and say the word whales. And they can say it to you if they hear you interrupting someone. And you practice it in family home evenings a few times so that everyone in the family is committed. When they hear that code word whales, they start behaving like the whales. You know, we really, when we thought of this, um, we thought, is this really going to work? But we have presented this to a lot of families and with kids, uh, well, with the kids there so they get what's going on, and they really like it a lot. It is so fun. Uh, We did it recently in somewhere, um, and it was the night before we had a regular presentation on our uh, entitlement issues, but... Um, the kids were there, and by the next morning, the parents were so excited. said, man, my kid went home. First of all, they went there saying, we don't want to go. We don't want to hear anything like this. And then they went home really excited. By morning, they'd changed their whole system at their house. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It really makes a difference. And the beauty of it is you don't have to have another lecture or, you know, try to discipline kids in public or whatever. So... We're just going to give you a few examples of these animal code words, and then we're going to give you a website where you can find them all and actually print out beautiful renderings of these animals to sort of use as a visual code. But what, what's your favorite right at the moment, honey? Well, before we wrap up the whales, it's just so fun to see um, a mom on a phone and a kid coming and interrupting, which they always do. And even little three- and four-year-olds can do this. And all you have to say is that one word, just whale, and then they get it. Oh, I'm interrupting. I need to wait for a minute. So the the, the one that I really like is the crabs. And um, this is another story. Any, if anybody's ever seen crabs on the beach, you know that they go sideways. And um, if you go out crabbing on a beach, apparently we've not really done that with larger size crabs, you put a crab in a bucket and they can they can never get out. But if you go put another crab in the bucket... No, they can, can get right out. If you put one in, they'll climb out instantly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And so they just go up over the edge. But if you put another crab in the bucket, just as the crab just about gets over it, the other one grabs his leg because they have all those legs and pulls him down. So then the other one tries to get up and he pulls him down. And they... Actually, they pull each other down until they die because they cannot. It's instinct. They cannot help pulling each other down. So I don't know if you equated this at your house if you have young kids, but there are often incidences where kids pull each other down, where they um, nag at each other or, nah, 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 you do this, you do that. And if you train them to say crab, they get the idea. For example, 
Um, one time, our little Sadie was practicing the violin, and it didn't sound very good. But uh, Jonah went by and and absolutely on purpose knocked her arm and made her screech and said, you suck. I'm sorry to say that that word happened at our house once in a while. Anyway, so Sadie started to cry, and honestly, I just went right over to that kid, and I felt like shaking his shoulders and bringing him to his senses, but I said, Jonah, crab. And suddenly that translated in his mind, oh, I am pulling her down. I am not doing the right thing, and he walked away right at the moment, but he got the idea and later apologized because that's important. And I just think there's so much crabbing going on in the cars and along trips and um, at home when you're just going through the everyday routine. If you have that little secret code, crab, it just stops instantly. The stuff that's going on that is pulling each other down. Now, again, this isn't a quick fix. I mean, you can't just sort of announce this one day and start doing it. It takes a little practice. And I want to emphasize that, you know, if you have a family home evening, if you have a regular meeting in your family, that's the place to sort of, you know, we're going to tell you how to print out these pictures and take a look at them. It, it's fun to start these discussions by asking kids what they know. What do you know about humpback whales? What do you know about crabs? They they know a lot. They'll tell you some things and then say, well, here's what I think is interesting about them and tell them about this behavior. Whales being a good a good model, crabs being a model to avoid in terms of these secret codes and get the kids to commit right in that meeting. Yeah, if somebody says to me, if I'm doing something that violates one of these principles and someone says to me, whales or crab, I will straighten up. And, and you make that commitment. You practice it. You role play it a couple of times. So, they, so it really works when you bring it up. Let me mention one for teenagers. Many of you listeners may not have little kids, although the whale and the crab is perfectly fine for older kids. In fact, Sometimes they need it even more than the younger ones. But my favorite, the one I think I used most with our kids, uh, with teenagers, was the frog. This one I'd be a little careful about mentioning the young kids because it's a little gruesome. But you have a discussion with kids and you, you ask them if they know how. Um, first of all, frogs are amazing. They can jump 20 times their body length and blah, blah, blah. But... What's really interesting about them and kind of gruesome is if you want to cook frog legs, a real delicacy, what you have to do is is throw them into the water live. And you better be careful the water is not already hot because that frog, the minute he feels heat, will jump out and he'll use his tremendous leaping ability and you'll never catch him again. But if you put him in a little cold water in a pot, he's happy as he can be. He's He's an amphibian. He likes it in there. And then you turn the heat up. And the funny thing is, in a way, the tragic thing for the frog, he doesn't realize, because it's so gradual, he doesn't realize the water's getting warmer and warmer. And before you know it, he's cooked. Now, what in the world could that have? Some of you are way ahead of me because you know teenagers. Teenagers make their worst decisions, not deliberately and not even stupidly, but just gradually. They're, they're they're in a situation that's dangerous and they don't realize it. It's like a it's like a frog in a pot of gradually warming water. They're comfortable. The teenager's t- comfortable. He's at a party. He's with somebody who's been drinking a little. He's he's in some situations potentially dangerous and he doesn't realize it. And the water gets hotter and hotter and uh, sometimes uh, the kid cooks. Now, 
you know, I, I don't need to go into detail with that. If you have teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. But that that little phrase, so next time the child, you know, the teenager comes and says, Dad, I'm, I'm, my friends are coming over. We're going over to a little party. And, and you know, instead of the long lecture, now watch out for this, watch out for that. Be careful for this. Don't you go. Who do, who do I call? Can I call his parents? But instead of all that, if you've really done this well and done your homework at your house, you get eye contact with that teenager and you say, okay, son, I trust you, but remember the frog. And the kid <laughs> knows what that means. And if it just makes him a little more aware, oh, maybe I better not ride in that car. It doesn't look safe. Maybe I better not, you know, uh, go to that part of the party where kids are doing something they probably shouldn't be doing. That's the that's the water gradually. And you remember the one experience I always have to tell this, Linda, when one of our sons, I'd done exactly that. I'd said, I didn't like the, the party he was going to very much. And I said, Frog, about 20 minutes before his curfew, which was unheard of for him, I get a call on the phone and he says, Dad, Frog, and I could hear this party in the background, and I got in the car and went and picked him up. And I think it's a wonderful thing if you understand kids through this kind of a code. So do you want to give another one, Linda, or if we exhaust it, do we, if we give them the, right, the idea? Yeah, I think they got the idea, and we've only got a minute left here. And I just looked up on Iris Free Books and realized that the Book of Nurturing, we don't yet have the, uh, what do you call it? the rights to give it out free well no but no problem you go here's what you do you go to valuesparenting.com and when you're on that home page if you look off to the left column there's there's some clicks and one of them says that actually says the book of nurturing a secret code a secret family code and if you click on there you'll get the three we've talked about and you'll find how to get the other how many? The other six that we haven't gotten to yet. Because families need to communicate, and why not do it through a secret code? We've had a lot of fun through this through the years, and we hope that it just gives you a little idea that you can go on that might make a difference in your family. So, good and luck, and we'll see close. you next time on Ayers on, on the, the Road. road.